the amount of suffering, the amount of scary diagnoses, the amount of women who have died not knowing this information, this is a uh, atrocity and it has to change. I I just want to say to you, it's not your fault. The world hasn't supported your health in the way that your health needs to be supported. Welcome to the Healing Lifestyle Design Podcast with me, Kelly Bradley. This podcast is all about the power you have within you to heal you. In this podcast, I dive deep into what it takes to truly heal from the root cause level. Join me and other experts in the fields of self-healing, neuroscience, epigenetics, mind-body healing, emotions, and more so that you can design and live a life that heals you. So what I want to dive into today, as I was just telling you, I work with women who are experiencing chronic pelvic pain symptoms, and this includes gut issues, and it could be going on for years. Some are two years, some are five, 10, 20, 30 years of chronic symptoms. And what I want to um, share today is how we can use our cycle our infradian rhythm to to get curious about what we can do to heal and improve our health. Like, what is it supposed to look like when it is healthy? What we can love up about our cycle while it's still here, and then for mm-hmm. my women, and I'm I'm 44, so I still have my cycle, and I'm curious. Okay, well, what's going to be happening in my body in the next few years, and what can I do to optimize? my lifestyle to help myself. Let's start with this understanding that all women need to know. And I discovered it at 47 years old, which is crazy because I discovered it as my cycle was starting to go away. But here's what women need to know is that we are not meant to do the same lifestyle behaviors all month long, that our yes. hormones are coming and going at different times of the month. So we need to change the food we're eating. We need to change the workouts we have. We need to change the how many social engagements we say yes to. We need to change our fasting. There's so many things we need to, uh, to look at to match the comings and the goings of our hormones in, let's just say, a 30-day cycle. Most, most women are somewhere between 28 to 35 days. I just pick 30. And this is the first paradigm shift that has to happen for women. And the fact that it's not being addressed is really, really sad. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I never knew I was supposed to work out differently at different times in the month, or I was supposed, I'm supposed to eat different at different times of the month, then like, listen in because this is, I want every woman to understand this. Um, We would save so many hormonal problems and I can go through like each different phase and sort of explain to you if you're interested of like what, what we need to do in the front half, what we need to do at ovulation, and what we need to do in the back half. You know, I would love that because the program that I created is called the Pelvic Freedom Method Online Program, but it only goes into, I begin with just that connection to themselves and them learning mindful eating, intuitive eating, connecting with the Mm -hmm. sensations in their body to guide them because Mm. I didn't want to overwhelm with all the details. So yep. I would love for you to go into those details and what do awesome. we eat, what do we do, how do we live throughout our cycle. Let me address the perimenopausal woman because that is another, like, whole other thing to look at. Um, and then the postmenopausal woman. The easiest way to understand this is the first day you bleed until you ovulate is about a 10-day period. So I just call it day one is the first day that your period starts. And we have had so many questions around that. And I will say that day one is really when you have to use some kind of feminine product to like manage your cycle. If you're spotting, that's not day one. Day one is when you actually start to bleed. And from day one to day 10, you are making, your body is working on making estrogen. 
So in that 10-day period, there's a ramping up of estrogen. And estrogen is what is going to allow you to, it sends a signal for an egg to be released out of the ovary. What you need to know about estrogen is estrogen needs you to be insulin sensitive. So if you are eating all day, if you're eating the standard American diet, if you have a lot of inflammation or insulin resistance, then you are going to struggle with estrogen production. That could lead to gaining more weight. That could lead to, you know, not ovulating at the right time, infertility. So there's a lot as we go into perimenopausal years. It can really lead to more weight gain because that's something that perimenopausal women deal with. So day one through day 10, let's maximize your insulin sensitivity. And you can do that by keeping your carbohydrate low, fasting, which I love any kind of fasting and any kind of workout, like a hard workout. So you could CrossFit, you can run a marathon, like whatever is your jam for working out, you can go in hard during day one to day 10. Why don't we know this stuff earlier? So right. fantastic. Right. Continue on. <laughs> yeah, no, like I, there's a whole story behind how I figured this all out because it was my own personal journey. And when I figured it out, I did the same thing you just said. I was like, why yeah. are we not talking about this? How could I have been a woman for 47 years and not <laughs> been taught this? So that's why I just, I want to scream it from the rooftop. So day 10 to day 15. The thing to remember here is this is when you're ovulating. Now, everybody will ovulate at a different time, but I call this your manifestation phase. This is where you have all three of the most amazing hormones like surging through you. You've got estrogen at its highest, you've got testosterone at its highest, and you're getting a little blurb of progesterone. So, if in order to keep all three of these hormones working well, there's a couple things we have to keep in mind. So the first thing, just because you make estrogen doesn't mean you're going to use estrogen. So we've got the, to help your body break that estrogen down. And the best way to do that is through your gut bacteria. We have a whole set of bacteria in our gut that called our estrobolome that break down our estrogen and day 10 to day 15 you want to be leaning in to supporting those bacteria so this means a lot of um, polyphenol foods prebiotic foods probiotic foods which are you know your fermented foods your uh, uh, good polyphenol foods are like olives and um, even dark chocolate, and there's a lot of spices that are polyphenol foods. And then prebiotic foods are all your seeds. So they're your chia seeds and your hemp seeds and your flax seeds. So in this 10-day period, you want to lean in to supporting your microbiome. Now, you're also getting testosterone. And if you want to utilize that testosterone, during that time, um, there's a couple things you can do. Intermittent fasting fabulous to maximize testosterone production. Because you have so much testosterone, if you want to like lift weights during this time, this is a great time for any woman that wants to build muscle. The first 10 days, go run a marathon. Okay, 10 through 15, go into the gym and start lifting weights, like build your muscles during that time. Because you have these hormones surging through you, so you want to use them and you want to metabolize them. And you can do that through uh, the things that I said, intermittent fasting, weightlifting, and then minding your microbiome. After day 15, we have a really weird little window where the hormones start to come down again. And they come down um, for about five days. And if you want to go back and do your long fast, your big workouts, if you're not trying to get pregnant, this little window after you ovulate, you can still, you know, you can do a little more. Your stress is not going to affect you as greatly. Um, so there's a, like, we do a lot of fasting in my community. And I yeah. always tell women, if you want to go into a 24 or 48-hour fast after ovulation is great, with one exception, and that is if you're trying to get pregnant. We really encourage you to just ignore everything I just said about that time after ovulation. Um, we really want to have you just keep after ovulation, just don't mix things up too much. Just 
stay in a stress-free state as much as you can. And then the biggie is the, the week before our cycle. So on day 20, this is where we need to chill out. We need to put our running shoes away. We need to do uh, more yoga. We can go walking. But, but what we're making that last part of that cycle is progesterone. And progesterone is very susceptible to stress. That's not the time to do the ketogenic diet. Um, that's the time to do yoga, walk, go to sleep a little earlier, say no to more social engagements. I call it the nurture phase. And you got to nurture yourself in that moment. Now, if you follow that, and we have a we have a soon to be released what I call the fasting circle, where I go through each one of these. Um, but if you if you acknowledge all of that, then what will happen is you'll just see that your hormones will balance out. Like those are the, the really big areas that if we change our lifestyle to match our hormones, you will see that your cycle just becomes like this non-event. If you don't have if you don't have a cycle, you'll get your cycle back. So if you're a perimenopausal woman and you follow this formula, it's crazy how it just evens our hormones out. And I love that you use the word acknowledge because it's so often that we're not even that's a big part of what I do what I help women with is just connecting with the feelings in themselves, the thoughts, right? just connecting with ourselves. We're so disconnected in our modern world that we need to learn to get quiet and tune in yeah. and, like you said, acknowledge all of it. Like how many women before the week before their cycle crave chocolate or they crave carbs? And then what we do is we're like, oh, no, but I'm on the ketogenic diet or I'm on a diet. I need to not... I need not to, I need to like resist these cravings. And what I want to say to women is, no, your body is saying, hey, I need you to help me make progesterone. So anything that's rigid from uh, a diet to fasting, like I I need you to just chill out. (laughs) Like I just, that's how you make progesterone. So we already intuitively know, but because we haven't been taught this, we have pushed through it. And this is why we have so many sick women. This is why we have so many hormonal problems because people were not acknowledging our own intuitive patterns and we're going against what it means to be female. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's part of what I talk to women about too is the feminine masculine and how we hold that energy in the body. And we live in such a masculine world that allowing some of that feminine, that intuition to guide us and I think back to in preparation for our call, I listened to your interviews with uh, Dr. Bill Schindler. Oh my gosh! Oh my god! Like I can't wait! I want to do his sour bread dough making yep. class. I have two boys who are 12 and 14, so of course they love bread. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I want to start making some sourdough bread for them. But anyway, you know this idea that back thousands of years ago, mm. I feel like. They just knew. Women just knew. Mm. They sensed it. They knew and they listened. But we have so much of that masculine, knowledge-based valuing these days that Mm -hmm. tuning back into that intuition so we can sense and feel the lifestyle we need to live is huge. So true. We have definitely become disconnected. And to our credit, uh, we don't have doctors that understand what I just explained. Like you're, you know, yeah. we don't have, I can't tell you how many, and part of this is part of how I started preaching this stuff on social media and writing books because the women were pouring into my office and saying, I walked into my doctor's office. I was gaining weight. I wasn't sleeping. Um, my hair was falling out. Uh, I was crying all the time, irritable. And they recommended a antidepressant. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, because you're, you're living out of accordance with your hormones. So if those symptoms are appearing, you're out of alignment with how your hormones want you to be treated. You don't need to get on an antidepressant. You need to understand how your body works. And there's yeah. just this huge gap of information for women, which, again, is why we've just got to keep shouting it from the rooftops. Please continue on with the 
going into perimenopause and, and I don't know what order you want to do things in, but a question yeah, that came up for me while you were talking too was this idea of fasting and healing, knowing that when we're not eating, we're giving our body, not long term, of course, but we give our body energy to heal and regenerate. So at some point, if you could talk a bit about that in all of this. Let me address that, and then I'll go into the perimenopausal woman or the woman over 40. This even applies to the postmenopausal woman. The interesting thing about fasting and, and why I love it so much is that if you are not fasting, you're missing out on this whole healing mechanism that your body came pre-programmed with. Now, this is men and women, but what happens is what we look at, like fasting has become this really cool tool for losing weight, which is great. But what people are also discovering is that it's a really cool tool to accelerate healing. And the reason is that we have two energy systems. One is that we build energy from the foods we eat. We call that the sugar burner. And one is that we build energy from our own fat, and we call that the fat burner. When you fast, you are tapping into your fat-burning energy system. As your blood sugar goes down, it signals to the body that it needs to move into this other energy system, a little bit like a hybrid car. You know, we got my daughter when she turned 16, we got her a hybrid car. It started, it would be in the electric mode, and then when it got up to a certain speed, it would switch over to the gas mode. The same thing in our body is that we have, we're in sugar burner mode, and then when blood sugar drops down, we switch over to fat burner mode. But in this fat burner mode, what I really want the world to understand is that there is this whole neurochemical healing uh, mechanism that kicks in. So you can start to heal neurons in your brain. If your brain is, you're not thinking right, uh, you're losing your memory, you have lack of focus, maybe there's some de degeneration of your brain. Well, you can start to heal that with fasting. What about your achy joints? If you're aching all the time, you're bringing inflammation down and you're, you're um, upregulating something called ketones. Ketones will go and they'll start to, uh, to heal cartilage. So you, and the list goes on. Our cells start to detox themselves. So it's, if you're not fasting, you're missing out on this incredible system. And that is so important for women to understand is that fasting heals. It's not a diet. It's not a fad. It's an energy system that you're tapping into. Is it true that there's a difference between how women should fast and like you were saying through the cycle, um, and yeah. that's probably it, but the difference between how women should fast and men should fast? Yeah, so on that topic, what's so fascinating, and this happened to me when I, when I was around my mid-40s, I'm 51 now, and around my mid-40s, I found fasting, and I started to notice my health, my mental clarity, my energy just went to a whole nother level. And I was so excited. I fasted all the time, only to discover that I actually put myself into menopause, like I was, like, quickly mm. going into menopause. Now, with menopause, what's interesting is that if you go into menopause before 50, like full-on menopause, that actually, you're going in for environmental reasons. That is not natural. The average age for a woman to go through menopause is somewhere between 52 and 55. We don't want you going in at 45. And, and that was what was happening to me. So that I started to time my fast and my food around my cycle. And yes. back to, to what I originally was talking about, which is we, I stopped fasting the week before my cycle when it would show up. I had to, you know, some days it was 60 days, 90 days. Like I had, when I started spotting, I had to clue in to other hormone symptoms that like progesterone, if you're low in progesterone, you don't sleep well, you're very anxious. Um, I started to tap into those kind of uh, symptoms. And then I would all of a sudden stop fasting and I would start feasting. I would add in like potatoes and squashes and beans and things that I knew would build progesterone. And by, you know, 47, 48, my cycle was back regular. Here I am at 51. My cycle's more regular than it was at 45. And I'm oh, like, I love it. Well, 
Well, I guess, you know, I'd li- I'm kind of ready to be going through menopause uh, and be on the backside of it, but I'm just grateful that I didn't environmentally force myself into it early. I was just going to say, and just that knowledge that if it's before 52, that you can get curious that something's off. Yes. And just that's love not it. known in the mainstream world. So that's yes. huge. Yes. Yeah, I love what you said. Get curious. This is so important. We can't shame ourselves. We can't feel guilty that we didn't know this. This is another reason why I wrote the Menopause Reset. I want to rebrand menopause. I want women, you know, at 51, I feel more confident. I feel more wise. My kids are uh, in college. Like, I'm coming into my brilliance. This is the moment where I can pay attention to me. You shouldn't be feeling horrible at that time. You shouldn't be living in a body you don't love. But when I went searching for my menopause answers at 45, everybody just told me to buck up and and deal with it or get on medication. And I, I, I refused. I'm like, no, I know that there should be a natural way to do that. And that's what, you know, that's what I wrote about in the menopause reset is just here's the natural way to do it. And fasting is a part of that. Yes, and I can't wait to read the whole book. But uh, that idea that you have around rebranding menopause is exactly what I feel. You know, I'm 44 now after a healing journey. Healing journey, you know, woke me up more to my true self. It's like how you go into, my boys are 12 and 14. They're much more independent. They're not in college yet, but (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. much more independent. And it's like we come into this time when we can play. Yeah. uh, put out, create our unique gifts even more. Yes. And then bring yes. that to the world. Like, that's what I yep. feel. And for the for many of the women I work with, they might be in their 60s, 70s, 80s, not 80s, but uh, 70s is the oldest uh, one in regards to the pelvic symptoms. Um, it's like no matter what age, you can't, like you said, you can't have shame, you can't have regret. No. Because those chemicals get released in the body, not helping you heal. It's like, no. We just get curious. We put that detective hat on, no judgment. We move forward and cultivate your joy, create and play and have fun and like such a different way of thinking about it. So I absolutely agree with rebranding menopause. If you are curious about what you are hearing, then join my world. It was my own healing journey with pelvic pain that woke me up to not only my true self, but also what it takes to truly heal from the root cause level. Now I help women experiencing chronic pelvic pain and conditions heal themselves. I created the program I wish I had during my own healing journey, the Pelvic Freedom Method online program. We absolutely have the power to heal ourselves, to do it in community and to do it with more ease, grace, and joy. We need to design our lives to heal ourselves, flowing from one healing ritual and experience to the next. All the links you need to join my world are in the podcast notes for this episode. Join my free Facebook group, sign up for the newsletter, watch my holistic pelvic healing show, and learn more about the Pelvic Freedom Method online program. If you are ready to register, or if you're a practitioner and want to use my program in your clinic to help your patients heal faster and with more ease, email me at kelly at holisticpelvichealing.com. Back to the show. One of my dreams, and I, I don't know how I physically do this, but I feel like if I could get the, that message out to every 40-year-old, because what happens at 40 is that we your ovaries start to shut down. And it's not like they just shut down overnight. You're going on a 10 to 15 year journey where you're going to get less sex hormones because your ovaries are done and they're going to slowly wind down. And your ovaries make estrogen, testosterone, and progesterone. And at that moment, they are going to hand over, over the production of those sex hormones to mostly your adrenal glands. And Mm -hmm. if you're already under a lot of stress going into your 40s, you're in for a wild ride with menopause. Stress comes in a lot of different packages. Sometimes stress looks like 
running a marathon, believe it or not. Sometimes stress looks like your boss breathing down your neck. Sometimes stress looks like, you know, a crisis your child's going through. So, but what we were able to handle stress-wise at 35 is we can't handle at 45. And I'm not saying that we're like emotional messes. I'm just saying we have to have more, a bigger toolbox. We have to have more self-care. We have to pay attention to our diet more, our sleep more. We have to not over-exercise. Like there's so many things that we need to change at 40. And again, something that we're not talking about. And if we don't change it, the, the consequence is huge. Your, your menopausal journey could, could and, and most likely will be really tough. But after menopause, this is when cancers show up. This is when heart attacks show up. The diseases that show up, this is when Alzheimer's, dementia, those diseases that are showing up for women in postmenopausal could have been prevented by a lifestyle change in her perimenopausal years, specifically once she hit 40. So many women, that's when they've been struggling with the, oftentimes I see a very common scenario is pain comes on earlier mid-30s. They've been dealing with it for years. So their stress levels coming into 40s are huge because they're already dealing with chronic pain. So I see that. I mean, it's just another complication of it all, but another reason to get, I often use the word radical in a soft, gentle way, to get radical with how we live. Yeah, yeah. We have to have radical self-love. When I was going through my healing journey, you know, I, I literally, I couldn't wear underwear. I couldn't have sex. I couldn't work. I was literally living in a robe for a while. And this is, of course, before I had my tools to understand what was going on and the power that I had to heal myself. Um, but I, I had to be radical about it because I was working on keeping my nervous system calm in the rest mm. and digest so the self-healing mechanisms could work. I, I want to high-five you. I'm like, yeah, yes, let's, this is what we've got to preach to women. And yeah. I have this picture in my kitchen of Rosie the Riveter. And um, I one day I was passing it and I looked at her, and, you know, it's that picture of her with her arm flexed and it says, we can do it. And I, yes. it, was always my, my, it was always my motto, like, I'm a woman, I can do anything I want to do. And, and when I looked at, at Rosie's picture one day, I was like, you know what, Rosie, I actually think you have it all wrong. <laughs> I think, yes, we can do anything we want to do, but we also have to mind that we are not many men. We can't yeah. be pushing ourselves in the same way that men do, especially as we age. Now, there's yeah. wisdom in that. You're talking to an overachieving type A woman who I wanted to do. I, I feel like I'm a, I am a woman, hear me roar. I can do anything, but then I've realized in my, in my menopause journey is, Yes, and part of doing anything anything means minding when I need to do nothing and nothing and chill out and just relax and say no. And that it will it was harder for me to learn to say no um, than it was to say yes. Yep, yep. Me, me too. There was a, a moment that I look back on. I was and myself included. Type A, go, 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 do, 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 thought I was doing everything right, but I was literally, I was in a nutrition program in New York, and I was doing infertility treatments. I literally wasn't getting a period regularly, and this is another thing I'd love to talk to you about, the idea that so many women are put on birth control pills at a young age, which totally imbalances the hormones, too, but I was doing infertility treatments, and I had my shots with me with a girlfriend and my girlfriend gave me a book called The Art of Relaxation. And I was like, what do I need this for? Oh my God, I got so many things to do. Like it totally didn't even register to me that rest and relaxation was a possibility. Again, all of this wasn't until my healing journey that I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> like so yeah. many people are in that boat. Like I was on birth control pill, I get off. I'm not getting a period. I go on yeah. I go on hormone treatments and this is what my doctor tells me to do and I listened. Ugh. like so I feel like that's a very typical story I hear with women then coming into pelvic pain 
And I think this is, a, again, this is where I hope there's a medical doctor out there listening, you know, it's like you, it, the, when you, before you start to prescribe something like birth control to your patient to manage her hormones, why don't you sit with her and listen to her lifestyle and understand how she's living out of accordance with her hormones and fix that yeah. first. It, yeah. a, a lifestyle should be the solution first. That should be our go-to. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be whether it's a natural pill or a synthetic chemical pill. We have to get out of this idea that there's a one pill, one diagnosis, you know, one, one uh, problem, one pill, one diagnosis solution. Women are more complicated than this. We have to, you know, take back control of our own health by understanding these ebbs and flows. And when you put somebody on birth control, what you're doing is you are manipulating that woman's hormones and you're now telling the body what its hormonal path should look like. That to me is horrific. I agree a hundred percent and showing women and making it more of the normal conversation in yes. the mainstream world somehow, but just that idea yes. that it's not a quick fix. The birth control pill will be a quick fix, great. But as a woman, the idea of, okay, we're going to have patience with this. It's going to take a little bit of time, and it just takes more effort. So I yes. get how, and, you know, everyone in the modern world wants that quick fix. So changing that idea that, okay, well, I saw it takes more time, but it's better in the long run. Yeah, again, it's understanding it. It's not straightforward. That's the other, the other piece yeah, that I've really... Yeah. Trying to help women understand it's you we have to I love this idea that you said we have to get curious about it. There's no such thing as failure. We have to just go, okay, what in my lifestyle right now am I out of balance with that going against my hormones and and how can I start to change it? And it just takes time, it takes understanding, it takes listening to podcasts like this, it takes asking questions really we have to give up the beating ourselves up you know it re we really have to go back to a place where we love ourselves and we need to be the one that's in charge of loving ourselves nobody else is in charge of loving us we have to love ourselves and love ourselves enough to be willing to understand okay regardless of where I am in my hormonal journey or my time of life right now I'm going to really understand hormones. I'm going to figure this out for myself and build a lifestyle that honors these hormones. And then let me step back and see what happens. And I yeah. think if we do that, we will really, I mean, God, I, there's so many things from like your, you know, pelvic pain to PCOS to infertility to menopause to cancer to heart problems to anxiety to depression. I mean, there's so many things that could be saved and helped. So much suffering from women that could be stopped if we yes. just took an, a better understanding of our hormones. And that everyone is different. Everyone, uh, yes. no one tell you exactly. And this is what, with a, a program to help women heal themselves with pelvic pain, it's so much about, you know, hey, I'm your guide and I'm guiding right. you, but you need to experiment and then make it your own and become playful with it, with it. And it's so out of our norm again to yes, experiment, exactly. sense and feel. You know, the bottom line for 40-year-old women is that you want to keep in mind five things. And I, this is what I, I write in my book, so I'll just kind of give you the high levels of it. Um, the yeah. first is that we're not meant to eat all day. So understand fasting, intermittent fasting. There's an incredible study done on women and intermittent fasting that showed women that it fasted 13 hours, as minimal as 13 hours. And it was done on women going through breast cancer who went the traditional treatment for breast cancer. They had a 70% less reoccurrence of that breast cancer if all they did was intermittent fast 13 hours every day. So that's and skipping breakfast, so push. Yeah. So simple. So simple. And when I read that study, I was like, well, I don't have breast cancer. I'm not in treatment for breast cancer, but I'd like to prevent breast cancer. So why don't I go ahead and do that activity already? 
so that I don't get breast cancer. So, yes. um, so that's the way I look at that one. So understand fasting. There's, you know, I teach six different styles of fasting. There's a lot of different ways you can fast, but that's, that would be the, the first thing. The second thing is not all carbohydrates are made equal. So we need to mind our carbohydrate load. So, you know, if you, um, if you do still have a cycle, the week before your cycle, do natural carbohydrates like the squashes and the beans and the potatoes, like nature's carbohydrates. And then when you actually um, uh, bleed, then don't do as many carbohydrates. You might be better with meat and, and fat. You, you know, less carbohydrates will do, will do you well. Um, now, if you're a postmenopausal woman, we'll talk a little bit about how you use these principles in a second. Those are the kind of things diet matters and varying your diet matters. We weren't meant, this is another really like thing that just blew me away when I started to understand this. We weren't meant to do the same diet day after day after day. We were meant for variation. So yeah. we need to help women figure out how to vary it. The third step is mind your microbiome. So we have a whole gut back, set of gut bacteria that breaks down estrogen. So whether you're 20 or 60, you still need to break down estrogen. Now, for the postmenopausal woman who's 55, 60, and beyond, you know, beyond, you're not getting as much estrogen as you got at 35. So you want to make sure you use that estrogen, and you can do that by feeding your bacteria with the foods I mentioned earlier. Then the fourth step is toxins, and we haven't really talked about this, but we live in the most toxic time in human history. Everything we're putting on our skin, on our hair, the, our, our, the chemicals that are off-gassing from our furniture and our clothing and our, we just got a new car and, oh, my God, that thing smelled so bad. It was just off-gassing mm. all these crazy chemicals. Well, those accumulate, and as we go through perimenopause, they often show up, and they will get into the bloodstream, go up into the brain, and throw off our hormones. So learning the art of detoxing, there's a lot of different ways to do that. And then the last piece is keeping your stress under control and just really learning to say no, learning that your workouts have to shift, learning that um, you need a bigger tool set to handle the stress of life. So those are kind of the five things that I coach my um, resetters through. Uh, I think it's really important that you start those five things at 40 if you're listening to this and you're 60, you can still go back and do those five things. So, yeah. you know, this is, my, this is my challenge with HRT and bioidenticals is that when we medicate menopause, we forget to teach women that there's a lifestyle that needs to shift. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm not necessarily bashing the medication. I'm saying honor the lifestyle as well. And if it's, it feels right to go on the medication, go on it. But I, I w you can't lose sight that the lifestyle had to change. It doesn't matter if it, you know, you're 45 or 65, you still can implement those five things. I love that because I love, 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 I mean, just the toxins in the world. If we are not, again, the radical self-care thing, we have to be radical about it because if you're just yeah. going along with mainstream way of being, you're inundating yourself right. with so much. I always say to women, if you want the health that all other women have, just keep doing what they're doing. They're eating all day. They're eating packaged food. They're, put, they're more concerned with the beauty and how they're looking. They're Botoxing their face. They're, you know, using harsh toxic chemicals on their body. We're getting breast implants. I mean, there's so much emphasis as we age on beauty. And so much of that beauty is toxic. And then they go on extreme diets. Like this whole like desire to stay beautiful and to look young, it's contributing to the hormonal problems. Now, I'm not saying yeah. beauty doesn't matter. I'm saying be mindful and think each decision through about what's that impact going to be because you doing, you know, putting your favorite uh, cleanser on your face every night um, that is packed with endocrine disruptors is contributing to your anxiety and your irritability. When I sat down to write the menopause reset, I had this aha moment of, oh my God, if women were more mindful of their lifestyle, how many divorces happen in, in, 40, in women's 40-year-old 40 years? 
And, and a huge piece of that is because we're just whacked out hormonally because our life. <laughs> so we're irritable. We're anxious. I mean, I'm even, I have a great marriage and I will even say I had moments at 47 that I was like, everything seemed to be his problem. And then I realized actually it was just my, it was my problem. It was my hormonal problem that I had to balance out so that I could look at my relationships different. Again, the power of lifestyle always coming first. It's a re-education from, like, I often think, like, I'm going to create a program for teenage girls so uh, they, and, yes. and guys so they understand. Yes. But imagine yes. having this tool at that young age. And again, that'll be in the future. In the future, one day I know will be the norm. But lifestyle yes. is so powerful. Yet, again, it's not the first thing people go to, but it will be one day again. And it yes. it feels better, you know, like when you were saying about putting those chemicals on the face. Once people know these things and they can, like I often talk about, you know, flowing from one daily healing ritual to the next. Mm, and like you said, it. being mindful about every little choice. Is the food you're eating going to help you heal or is it going to cause you more disease? Is the skincare you're putting on? Is this conversation, like this conversation, like I love these deep, meaningful conversations, mm -hmm. this, mm -hmm. you know, allowing good biochemistry to flow through my body, helping me heal. Yep. Every little thing we do and choice we make from where we live. And like you said, a new car. Um, and we can't avoid it all. We also can't be crazy and feel like, oh, my God, we need agree. to be a bubble. Yep. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I totally, totally agree. At 40, we should start the process, you know, start the process of acknowledging that there is a different lifestyle that has to unfold. And if it takes you 10 years to, to work that lifestyle, that's totally fine. Um, but we, you know, I feel like as women, we need to band together and support each other in that lifestyle. Yeah. Instead, there's, you know, sometimes we have competition with each other or want to slow the aging process down so bad we're willing to do anything to our looks to make sure that we, you know, look a certain way as we age. Like, it's just we have to, like, we could be so powerful if we came together and said, hey, after 40, we're going to really mind our lifestyle. We're going to look at these hormones. My favorite hormone, to your point, is oxytocin. And when we connect as women, and, you know, you and I having this conversation right now, we're exchanging oxytocin, even though, you know, we're not in the same room, having a meaningful conversation gives your body that burst of oxytocin. And when oxytocin goes up, cortisol goes down. And when cortisol goes down, insulin's easier to regulate. And when insulin is regulated, your sex hormones all start to thrive. So all of that cascade can happen from one hormone, oxytocin. So, you know, agreed, meaningful conversations, banding together as women, supporting each other, lifting each other up. These are things that are massively important as we age. Yep. And that's what I look at as the healing journey. For me, it was that time to, you know, take off all those masks and uncover cover my truth. Yep. But with the women in, in the group, they heal in community. And it may be a woman yep. who's 21, 44, 63, and we're learning from each other's wisdom and can yep. guide each other, all of us, everyone having some form of pelvic issue which, again, I absolutely believe part of it is the masculine feminine energies need to be balanced, mm. but just taking mm. off all these masks of traditional mainstream living and getting back to the basics and nature and feeling ease and calm. And, and most people coming into the program don't even know what ease, and I didn't either when I was mm. healing, don't even know yeah. what ease and calm are. And, and then you go into trauma mm. from childhood, oh, all that stuff. Right. Especially yeah. for people who, like you're saying, at 40 is a good time to reassess. And for yeah. my wins, that healing journey, that is that big wake-up call that, hey, if you don't change something now, you're going to be dealing yeah. with this dis-ease in your mind, body, emotion, soul system for the rest of your life. 
Yeah. And give yourself permission too. I just really think that is one of the hardest things that I've had to learn is just to allow myself to not always be in go, go, go mode. So I think, again, this is why we can do it so well together as women. So I couldn't agree more. Okay. So continuing on, is there more with menopause and what you suggest? Uh, anything else there? No, I think that the biggest pieces of the menopause uh, lifestyle is understanding it should, the lifestyle needs to change at 40. But again, I just really want to honor the postmenopausal woman. If you're 60 and listening to this, it's not too late. One of the beautiful um, experiences I've had with being on a public platform on social media um, has been that I've heard so many stories from women and it's the postmenopausal women. I just saw a post on my Instagram the other day where a postmenopausal woman was like, don't leave us out. And it's like, no, you're not left out. This still applies. Like these five steps still apply. It's never too late to go back and redo this lifestyle. It is amazing how well your body will feel and function when you step into these five steps and you start to change how often you're eating, the foods you're eating, you really address the microbiome, you look at your toxic load and, and you stop stressing and you look at mm. where, where can I slow life down a little bit. My brain sometimes is like the, the amount of suffering, the amount of scary diagnoses, the amount of women who have died not knowing this information, this is a uh, atrocity and it has to change. And and that, uh, you know, women will come to me with a handful of diagnoses from vulvodynia, pelvic syndrome, prudential neuralgia. And they're like, I have, I mean, the stories are heartbreaking. Um, and then yeah. to move really into, yeah, truly heartbreaking. And it's like, then they were diagnosed with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue. And the list goes on and on and on. And surgeries and the treatments that are given and then, Again, just not getting to that root cause. And yep. your work, obviously, is getting to the root of understanding hormones, what our body most optimally is doing, and then what we can look out for if it's not doing that. Again, just that information that we naturally or optimally can be going into menopause at 52 as opposed to 45, just that is like, yeah. that might be a wake-up call Super for somebody. Cool. Right. But if they go to a traditional doctor, it's not even pointed out. So uh, thank you so much yeah. for the work that you do um, in helping us understand how we can live in alignment with our cycle. Love it up. Any Any final words of wisdom? I am just excited for, again, to learn more details with your book, and I know you have your fasting community, which I personally have used fasting. And it's just a way of being. It was never for myself mm -hmm. a, oh, my God, I should fast. It's a, it was a natural. Like, I don't feel like eating until later on. Um, mm -hmm. It's just a natural. I got to sense and feel my body and its needs. It just came naturally. Yeah, and thank you for the work you're doing, too. I just want to acknowledge that because it takes all of us banding together, um, not only talking about this message, but also, you know, giving each other permission to step into this way of living. So it, I think, again, we're just so much more powerful when we are together. I think my big message, you know, if there's one thing I, I'm pretty clear I will spend the rest of my life doing, and that's uh, empowering women to really honor that she deserves to be healthy. She doesn't have to medicate symptoms. Her body is self-healing. I mean, we yes. literally are, are like born in a miracle. We just were never given the instruction manual. And we've got yes. to step back and learn that instruction manual. So, you know, if you, whether you have pelvic pain or depression, I, I just want to say to you, you don't, it's not your fault. It's that the world hasn't supported your health in the way that your health needs to be supported. So messages like what you're doing, my fasting groups, all of this, these women, there are women out there like us that are really here to walk you into that lifestyle and help you understand it um, because your doctor doesn't understand it. Most doctors don't, but some do. 
um, and the world will not applaud it. And so we have to be, I'm going to use your word curious. I love that. We have to be curious about what level of health we can, we can achieve regardless of what age we're at. And how can we do that with just honoring the lifestyle that matches our hormones? So, you know, I always say you're a miracle. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And if you don't feel like a miracle, then go searching for the root cause, go for go find it. And you will discover just how incredible the body you're living in was designed to be. Yes. Yes. And that's, you know, I say my healing journey was my greatest gift because yep. there's like, there's this healing journey time where we can get back to that root cause. We heal that, we uncover our true self. And then it's about optimizing. It's that curiousness about human optimization. Well, if I was able to heal myself, what else can my body do? And that's where I'm at now and what I want to continue on with creating this foundation for women to have a platform to heal, but then to continue to live this lifestyle, continuing to up-level and just, like you said, with, with the word miracle, cultivate the miracle of what our human body can do. <laughs> we, uh, we're so uh, dumbed down, autopilot, mainstream way, just walking, drifting through life. It's like, no, what if we set intentions and we optimize our human body and our thoughts and our breath and such a beautiful, it can be a beautiful journey. Agreed. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Mindy, thank you so much for this conversation. Mm, I appreciate the opportunity to have these conversations because they're not being had. We need to just continue to, to shout it as loud as we can and support each other. So thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Now it is your turn to take action. It doesn't matter how much knowledge you have. The only way you will heal you is if you take action on what you are learning. That is why I call my work Healing Lifestyle Design. Healing is a daily practice in becoming the person you need to be to heal, retraining and rewiring your brain and body, becoming aware, uncovering your truths, making choices, taking actions, messing up, failing, learning the art of course correcting, and getting right back into the healing game. It is a game. You need to be playful with it. Have fun. Be curious. As I always say, you need to put your detective hat on, be curious, gather clues, and release the judgment. You got this. Everyone can heal, including you.